Ladies and gentlemen, it's drive time, it's listen time, it's watch time, it's the fastest growing show in Jacksonville. Welcome to Action Sports Jack on ESPN 690. Let's meet the starting lineup, playing points at 5 foot 11, sporting a 9 handicap, a golfer from Rhode Island and Ashland University, Brent Marzino. And the man in the middle, standing 6 feet 6 inches tall from a small town in Wisconsin, former Jaguar player, and don't get in the ring with this guy. Current MMA fighter from Murray State University, Austin Lane. And we can't forget about the blue guy, Philly born and Philly bred. He only needs one name, Pooh. Scott Jackson from Edwaters College, Edward Waters College, and uh, also the voice of so many different teams here in Jacksonville. We just had him on as we celebrate Edward Waters College, EWC Day, here on Action Sports Jackson, ESPN 690, our continuation of a celebration of local sports as we've done week in, week out uh, over the last couple months, and we will continue to do so. By the way, we had the Bold City Brigade on last Friday, and uh, we have some more fun stuff ahead with some of the teams and also some specific days uh, that we're going to get to over the next uh, couple of months. So thanks to Josh Jackson. That was, he did that live just a short time ago. Off the off the top, man. And, it's insane. Uh, it was good. And by the way, nothing says, Fridays. nothing says local sports like Joshua Jackson. I mean, again, he's, he's worked and, and helped out so many different teams. And, of course, now Sports Information Director at Edward Waters College. We'll catch up with Coach Ruffin, the football coach over there in just a little bit. And then the AD in the 5 o'clock hour, the athletic director, uh, Dr. Bryant, coming up as well. I'm going to get to the Jags in just a moment. Uh, some conversation about Joe Schobert, about this 3-4 defense and 4-3 defense. Uh, there's many things I want to get to with the Jags. I've got questions for you, so be ready. You are about to get peppered. I'm not even stressed, man. I can't wait to talk about some 3-4 defense. Um you do think uh, they're going when when we say just a real introduction to that before we get deep into it. OK, when I when people say hybrid, I kind of go to hybrid, right? Four, three, three, four. You can kind of share looks. You've talked about three, four under yep. uh, more specifically. Uh, if I say hybrid, are we talking like kind of base versus nickel? Sixty five, 70 percent versus 30, 35 percent. Are we talking 50, 50 or are we just talking the ability to do it and change it up depending on who you play? Yeah, hybrid to me, I mean, listen, like every coach and every player, they have a kind of de- different definition of what the word hybrid means in terms of a defensive scheme. But to me, a hybrid defense is a defense that can be interchangeable from a personnel standpoint and can be interchangeable depending on the offense that you're going against. So, for instance, let's say that you're playing the Tennessee Titans. Right. Well, nine times out of ten, they're probably going to pound the rock with the bad Derrick Henry. So that hybrid defense, maybe that can mean like you bring a safety down in the box now, and it's more of like a 50 front, right? Or it's more of like uh, an eagle front to try not get too technical. But basically, it means is that you're adjusting to what the offense is giving you. Very good. Uh, we're going to break it down more more specific questions, and we'll hear from Joe Schobert in just a moment. But right now, here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690, we started something uh, yesterday here on the show. We're going to continue this, and we want more of your entries. Here's what you do. We'll go to ESPN690.com, and let's give a shout-out to the seniors in town. Uh, and it's really simple. Just send us a name, their high school um, and a message if you want, and we'll read the message. Uh, we did it yesterday. We do it right now. And uh, how about a shout-out to Zion Carpenter, uh, Oscar Smith High School, and Anissa is uh, mom, 
And she says, I love you, Zion. You left your mark as the state champion and all-American wrestling athlete. Damn. Uh, says Zion. Uh, that's Zion Carpenter. Right. Uh, that's uh, the latest one we have in. So uh, keep sending them in. ESPN690.com. We'll have a senior shout-out uh, for anyone who wants to mention and uh, just takes a couple of seconds to do it, you have to go to ESPN690.com to register so we can do it and get all the information. I'll also share with you this. We're doing a similar thing on TV. It's not the exact same because we need a picture, and it's also not the same way to kind of register, but you can do it all in one full swoop. Register on ESPN690.com, and also you can share uh, a picture the name of the student, and also anything you'd like to say, uh, a couple words about that uh, young man or young woman, and you go to sports at actionnewsjacks.com, you can email it. So sports at actionnewsjacks.com on the TV side, ESPN690.com on the radio side, so we can get a, a little love to all the seniors who are missing out on the proms and the senior trips and the graduations, uh, although... Again, I still say I think this class will be celebrated for some time to come, and and uh, they will be one of the most unique classes in the history of schools. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, that is for sure. All right, let's get back to the football stuff right now. And 4-3, four, 3-4, three, three, four, you just mentioned it a little bit. I just showed you a graphic we're working on for TV. What's really hard to do is kind of put these guys out there. But mm-hmm. the Jaguars made a signing today, veteran player. Aaron Lynch, defensive end, outside linebacker, another guy that every I bring him up and you're like, that screams 3-4. Yeah. Everybody they're signing screams 3-4. Correct. But does it scream versatility or does it scream we're going to 3-4? To me, it screams that we're going to 3-4, okay? Because if you were to bring a guy like Aaron Lynch and Brent, you know, comes from Chicago, played in a 3-4 defense, outside linebacker, Okay. Now, if you take a look at his size, around 270 pounds, if not more now, okay? Now, unless he just is on the diet of all diets, uh, <laughs> unless, he's intermittent well, fasting, unless he's intermittent <laughs> fasting for, I don't know, 24 hours a day, um, he's probably around 270 right now, okay? So, to me, to bring him in as a 4-3 defensive end, you know, for that quote-unquote big end spot, well, you got Taven Bryan there, you got Dwayne Smoot there, and now you're going to add another piece to that? So you're essentially going to have a, a depth of three. And keep in mind, I mean, this I get it. This is kind of a low-key signing, but still, it's it's a free agent signing. Um, it didn't really get addressed maybe in the draft. But with that being said, the way the depth is looking right now, Brent, this screams to me, this screams 3-4 all, all day. And it screams 3-4 not for Lynch to be an outside linebacker, but it screams in a 3-4 for Lynch to be actually that big defensive end. All right, so they got Lynch. You have Schobert. I want to ask you how all this impacts Miles Jack. Mm-hmm. Because, again, one of our, one of the things that I don't know if we got excited about, but I was a bit excited for Miles, is something you had said a long time ago about Miles Jack. I mean, you kind of screamed it through the mountaintops, much like you screamed 3-4 with Josh Allen and Jan and all these guys from the mountaintops. Well, does this hurt Miles if now he's not on the weak side in your traditional 4-3? Now that he's kind of coming back into the middle of that defense with Schobert in a 3-4. Don't answer it just yet. But Mm -hmm. I want to ask you that. Because I think to me that's the burning question. You want to put players in the best position to succeed. Well, he's one of the most gifted athletes you have. You know, and, and one of the most talented players you might have. We just haven't seen it full blossom. A lot of people, myself included, believe he just wasn't put in that the greatest position to be super successful. Let's just listen to Joe Schobert this afternoon, caught up with the local media. He's still up in Wisconsin, and uh, 
he talked about the 4-3, the 3-4, and really the times that we're in right now, how it could be a bit of a challenge to adjust to a new look. Once you play for a while, I mean, I played a 3-4 in college. I was outside linebacker um, in a 3-4 defense. Um, but once you learn NFL schemes or anything, 3-4, three, 4-3, four, four, three, um, obviously different in terms of defensive line personnel and outside linebacker personnel who's on the field. But schematically for an inside linebacker is not so different. You, There's only so many ways you can play cover three, cover four, man-to-man. You know, there's only so many gaps you can play. Um, it's just about learning where you're going to line up and uh, the techniques and uh, the communication that would go on. Um, but once you once you get that stuff down, um, it's really not that hard. You just got to learn, uh, like right now I'm learning the verbiage and all the communication for the Jaguar system. Um, once you get that stuff down, it's kind of uh, just plug and play. That's uh, Joe Schobert talking today. Uh, it was an extensive interview with Joe. He did talk about Miles Jack, talked about his his gifts, his abilities, and now would be playing right next to him. He said one of the great things I can do for Miles Jack is just take some of the the stuff off his plate and just say go play football. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is. I see that in the 4-3, but because we really haven't witnessed any of this in the 3-4 and the Jags operating this way and Miles operating this way, yeah. do you limit him at all, putting him kind of back in the middle, even though he's alongside Schobert, not making the calls, not necessarily having to be the quarterback. He can yep. still go play, but he does get kind of pushed back into the middle, at least in theory. So if you do a 3-4 defense, is Miles Jack play middle linebacker? Absolutely. But take any preconceived notion that you have of Miles Jack from last year playing middle linebacker, okay? Take any preconceived notion because that's getting thrown out the window. An inside linebacker in a 3-4 defense is nothing like an inside linebacker in a 4-3 defense, okay? Joe Schober, first of all, he's going to be the game caller. He's going to be the general that gets everybody lined up because a big part of a 3-4 defense is making sure everyone's on the same page, right? Where you come from kind of a base 4-3 defense, Brent, where they ran last year, where it's kind of like, all right, each guy kind of has their one job. You know, there's not a lot of calls to be made. Just line up and make sure everyone does their job, and you're good to go. Now, we saw some problems with that, obviously, with teams against, like, the Panthers, obviously, and the Houston Texans running the ball down the Jaguars' throat. So there was communication problems last year. So one would be nervous, actually, to go to a 3-4 defense this year because you need more communication. You need, you need to make sure that people are lined up in the, uh, in, the, in the right proper spots even more than a 4-3 defense. This is where Joe Schobert comes in, okay? A guy who's very versed in both style of defenses. A guy who played inside linebacker, outside linebacker, and pretty much everything else in that Jim Leonard Wisconsin defense. So he's versed there. He's versed from the Cleveland Browns. He's played both spots as well. So there's no better guy to be the field general to get guys lined up than Joe Schobert, okay? So the inside's taken care of. All the calls, taken care of. Set it and forget it. So then that begs the question, what gets put on Miles Jack? And here's the beauty of it. Like we said last year, Miles Jack probably had people had problems lining people up, right? He had problems of diagnosing where the run was going to be, and sometimes he was out of his position. Now, a lot of that came from the standpoint of the defensive line didn't do him a lot of favors sometimes. Regardless of what you think happened, Miles Jack this year going to have a couple jobs, Brent. He's going to be blitzing. He's going to be playing off the three technique and filling the hole, and that's it. Okay, so as a call, uh, as opposed to making call here, strong side left, strong side right, you know, drop back and cover. No, man, all you got to do now is when you when your name gets called the blitz, you blitz. When your name gets called to you know fill a uh, fill a hole, 
you fill the hole. It's going to make Miles uh, Jack's job so much easier. And when you talk about a guy who's super athletic, um, who we always praise for being just a speedster on the field, you know, playing sideline to sideline, this is where it fits Miles Jack. Because now Miles Jack can use his tools to his advantage. And when his number gets called to come blitz, well, it's Miles Jackman. I think he's going to be okay blitzing. So I'm excited for Miles Jack from that standpoint. I love it then. You just put me at ease a little bit more because I think Miles Jack still has some crazy upside to be a star in the league. I really do. Uh, I understand it hasn't materialized just yet. I also think whether it's him or whether it's the Jags and how they used him, they haven't used him appropriately or the best that, that fits him. Uh, and maybe they've tried some things and thought he could handle more than he could. We don't know that part of it, but the bottom line is he fits better on that weak side. You've said it for over a year, and now in this kind of, hey, just use that athleticism, just go play and go get somebody. And I'm really interested to see that. I love that for Miles because, again, I think there's some – I think there's a reason they spent money on Miles Jack. I think there's a lot in there that's been untapped Mm -hmm. and been inconsistent and – Again, I think some of it's maybe the dynamic of where they've been, also what they've put on his plate, uh, and now maybe he settles into his football career this year. So I love the idea that you just put me at ease, that I can maybe get the most out of Miles, whether it is the 4-3 or 3-4. Yeah, you know, and we talk about it all the time, Brent. That's what makes a great defensive coordinator. It's setting your players up for success. Now, I'm here to tell you, in a 4-3 defense, I could have never done what Puzz did, okay? I could have never got people on the same page, lined up properly, and then do my job. Listen, there's a lot that happens in that span of the huddle breaking and, like, the 10 seconds of a ball getting snapped, okay? And that middle linebacker spot, like Puzz played, you know, like some of the greats have played, it's not for everybody. It's not a knock of you as a football player. It's just sometimes you don't really absorb the information right. Because, like I said, I couldn't do it. So I'm excited from the standpoint, once again, Miles Jack's doing what he does well. He runs around. He's an athletic freak. You turn him loose. Don't make him th- sit behind the line and diagnose things and think, oh, all right, he's got to go here. He's got to go there. No, man. You don't win ball games like that. You win ball games by bringing out your players' strengths. And Miles Jack's strengths is the speed and the strength. All right. Another guy in this that I kind of am curious about. Mm-hmm. And people are curious about Yannick Ngakwe anyway. Uh, but Yannick Ngakwe has 37 and a half sacks. He's second all time in Jaguars history, run a sh- rushing off the edge in a 4-3 defense. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to switch things around potentially in a 3-4. And come with me here, folks, because again, I know I'm, I feel like I'm still in the minority on this, but I don't think Yannick Ngakwe is getting traded. And so I think he's on the, the football team at least for the first half of the year. We can go into all that later, but I believe that. I don't think he's going anywhere. Something could change, but I know a lot of folks will pencil Chase on in here, and that's fine because I I know he he can do that role, and and he has done that role in that 3-4 look. But I still think Jan is playing, which means I think Jan is starting. And at least for the first two months of this football season before the trade deadline, I think he's a part of it. So where does he fit in it? Mm-hmm. How much does it change his role? Can he excel in it? Can he be just as good, or can he even be better? So in this 3-4 defense, right, you're going to have a strong side guy, and you're going to have a weak side guy. Now, that should tell you everything that you need to know of what their jobs are. The strong side guy, you expect the run to come to your side. So one of your very first jobs is to frame up any single tackle that's trying to block you for an outside run. So with that being said, obviously – you're going to go with Black Panther, right? You're going to go with Josh Allen because he's the bigger defensive end. He's still a a great asset with pass rushing, but in terms of stopping the run, being stout, setting the edge, 
Josh Allen's on the strong side. So that leads me to believe that Yannick Ngakwe would be on the weak side. Not saying that he can't play the strong side as well, but I think Yannick Ngakwe is best versed on the weak side. So that, that begs the question, what does that job entail? Think of like that Leo technique that the Jaguars have been so, you know, so, I mean, they've used it for a while. I know, right? But think of like the Leo technique where, you know, you get a, a little wider and it's literally your job to kind of stop the run on the way of the quarterback. That's what the weak side linebacker does a lot, okay? Where you take the pitch, man, you have to watch out for screens, the flats, all that stuff. But essentially, man, you got it made because you're in a three, you're in a three, four stand up stance, which Yannick Ngakwe has been in before. But now you're not really taking the brunt of the tight ends or things like that. So you're outside. Not chipped. Yeah, you're not getting chipped. Okay, so it's more for the, the pass rusher friendly defensive end, which I think Yannick Ngakwe is. Now, it's not all sunshine, sunshine and rainbows, though, right? Because 3-4 defense, you have to drop back into coverage. And this comes with a big question. Can Yannick Ngakwe be depended on to drop back in coverage? Can Josh Allen be depended to drop back in coverage? Because guess what? Both guys would be doing that. And I'm here to tell you absolutely yes. Okay, one of the biggest transitions that defensive ends go through, because I've been here, going from a a 4-3 defensive end to an outside linebacker spot like I was in Chicago, it's your stance. It takes a long time to learn how to rush from a three-point stance if you're not used to it. I wasn't used to it, man. I I had to start from ground zero again and build up my stance again because I was having my hand in the dirt. Yannick Ngakwe rushes from a two-point stance. Uh, Josh Allen rushes from a two-point stance. Chase on has obviously rushed from a two-point stance. Now, they might switch it up a little bit here with the footwork, but overall, they're already ahead of the curve because they're used to standing up. That's the first hurdle, all right? And they've already obviously passed that hurdle. So going forward now, can they drop back into coverage? And I think so because it's I don't say drop back into coverage like, all right, well, let's put Josh Allen man-to-man on the tight end. Let's put Josh Allen man-to-man on the running back, and let's make sure Yannick Ngakwe does the same. No, these guys will be dropping back into seam flat routes and hook to curl routes. All that means is what they've been dropping back in a 4-3 defense, they'll be doing the exact same thing in a 3-4 defense. So nothing changes in my standpoint from the coverage for the defensive ends or outside linebackers. Yeah, very well said. You answered all my questions. I wondered about Yannick in the passing game as well. So uh, you you just answered how that would stack up. I mean, the the bottom line here, listen, we don't. this is not a mystery. First of all, they are going to show the looks. Doug Marone said it mm-hmm. over draft weekend. Yeah. I mean, they have acknowledged that they are. How much of it and how do they really fit? And the guys that have to make adjustments are more interesting to me. That's why Miles and Yannick are, are interesting here to me. The other guys that they, they've brought in are familiar with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why you know they're going to go with it. Uh, one more thought on Yannick and Gakwa here. Do you know how long it's been since he last tweeted? <laughs> No idea, man. A week. Wow. It's been seven days. Yeah. I'm sure he's getting some training in. I'm sure we went on Amazon, you know, Amazon Prime, got some of those new kettlebells in, got some of those new resistance bands in, and he's killing it right now in the workouts. I, I don't want to make too much light of this. I'm serious about this. Uh, is he cha- as he is he kind of changed positions? Is mm. he is he basically um, saying, all right, listen, I got. This wasn't. This didn't work. You know. I mean, a lot like we said. Really, I'm, I'm not saying we. He listened to us. Uh, not. He might have. But I'm just. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure he listened to us. Not sure he sure. agreed with us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But seriously, is is this a little bit of a, a change? A little bit of a pivot for Jan to say, all right, listen, I got to suck this up. Attacking people on social media, the con- continuing of of cryptic tweets or or point blank tweets not yeah. working. Um, I'm I'm going in the bunker. 
and I'm going to get ready to work and you know, we'll see where it goes from there. But it, it looks to me like a little bit of a pivot. This is a guy that has not been quiet for a week in a very, sure. very long time. Yeah. And he's come off social media to do that. Now, I have not checked him on the Instagram, on the gram. Mm. Um, but on, on, on Twitter, he has he has not said yeah. anything in a week. I think this is a little bit of a sign of saying, all right, uh, we're going to try this tactic now. Yeah. and see if we can get out of here. Well, and listen, I don't think it's much of trying a tactic. I think it's just going back to being himself, right? Because yeah, I was very adamant about saying the only time, and I've been on the show now for what, a year and then some change. And the only time I've ever really bad talked Yannick Ngakwe or been disappointed Yannick Ngakwe was when he called out Tony Khan. Okay. I didn't even mind the comment where it was like, you know, he's trying to make his money and the whole pandemic thing's going on. Okay. I mean, if people want to take that out of context, so be it. I wasn't offended by that, okay? But the whole Tony Khan thing, man, to me, that was a bad look because it was out of character, and it did nothing, okay? All it did was make yourself look bad. And listen, whether it's here or someplace else, I just want to see how Ngaku get paid. I I just want to see the system of the NFL work for a defensive end who busts his ass, who comes out every single day and does the right thing. I just want to see that work. So... I want to see Yannick Ngakwe either play here or someplace else. But the fact that he's kind of been off the grid now, Brent, he's kind of gone silent a little bit, I think it does show that, you know what, man? You can either embrace this and just be yourself, or you can embrace it and try to play the heel character. But like I said, you know, in my rants like a couple weeks ago, you just, unfortunately, you don't have the NFL landscape. You don't have... The sack numbers, which obviously can be a little analytical in the standpoint of how important is that, but he doesn't have the numbers. The landscape's not there for him to be the ultimate heel, okay, because he's not going to get what he wants. So I think we have a, a case now of Yannick Ngakwe going back to the old guy who's ready to work and hopefully putting good vibes out there where he hopes that it works out in his benefit eventually. Yeah, it's uh, it's just interesting. It's just something I noticed. I was thinking of it yesterday, actually, and I saw it. I was like, oh, wow, he hasn't said anything in a long time. Uh, I don't know what it means. But I, I will tell you what we said back uh, – Or I mean, I think I said it. If he was sitting right here, the advice I would at least give him is – Listen, just admit that it's over for now yeah. and go back and go to work and go take your $1.1 million a week for now. Mm-hmm. And if you if you just go be the guy that you've been and still want to trade, just work it behind closed doors. And I got a feeling now, especially since they've, they've beefed up that room a little bit, that there's no holes necessarily if they were to trade them. Then the trade deadline becomes an option. And maybe it's before that. Maybe it's around the Labor Day. I, I always think the Labor Day milestone is an interesting one because teams get a little um, – they're like, oh, we need this. We need that. They might trade something away. But obviously the trade deadline is an obvious one. And so my thought was, listen, admit you lost this segment of this 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 disagreement. Just go back to work. Go get your check because mm-hmm. you've earned that. Go mm-hmm. get your, your million dollars they're willing to pay you a week. Go play ball and – and then I think that might be your fastest way out of Jacksonville. Do I guarantee that you get traded uh, in, at the trade deadline? No, but I think there's a decent chance. If you look at guys that have been – guys have been out of Jacksonville, get traded out of Jacksonville, they necessarily haven't had to throw a fit to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I'll i be interested to monitor this and how it ends and, and see if uh, this flip or if it is a flip or if it's just a quiet period and he's on some boat in, in the Atlantic Ocean, you know? <laughs> I mean, who knows? So, <laughs> but, yeah. but it's still interesting to follow and if we've, we're kind of witnessing a little bit of a pivot uh, for Yannick Ngakwe. What I don't know, I haven't at least, uh, I haven't checked. I wish I had. Uh, I don't, I doubt he's been part of the virtual period. I can't mm. imagine during all this he's been participating in those kind of things. Sure. 
but the Jags now can say they feel a little comfortable at least having bodies there. They have Chase on. They have Allen. And so they don't have to wait on Ngakwe to get caught up with everything. Mm-hmm. They say, well, get caught up when you get caught up, but we can operate without you if we no, need to. You're absolutely right. And it also begs the question is, how is the locker room dynamic going to be now with Chase on coming in, right? Because I think Yannick Ngakwe, I think Josh Allen will be the first guy to say that Yannick Ngakwe was great with the, develop, the development of Josh Allen, right? Like Yannick Ngakwe helped him out a lot. And I wonder how it's going to be now with Chase on, obviously with the, the contract and everything with Yannick Ngakwe, what's going on the trade and everything. But how does he embrace a new teammate at his position? You know, like that's going to be a very telling thing. And now let's be honest, there's two ways to go here. He can embrace the new teammate, the guy that essentially is going to take a spot one day and come out in a good light, or he can just close all doors and be like, no, man, I'm not going to help you out. Good luck. And that could maybe rub some other coaches' interest in bringing Yannick Ngakwe in the wrong way. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to watch uh, part of this throughout the summer and into uh, training camp. Uh, Hopefully there is one. Hey, when we come back, we continue to celebrate Edward Waters College. The football coach from the Tigers will join us, and we'll give away a $50 gift card to Metro Diner right after this on ESPN 690. Listen, it's riskier for me to drive home after this interview. You know, everything in life is risky. There are no guarantees. But we're doing everything we can possibly do. We submitted a 30-page document to the governor of, uh, of Florida and the governor of Nevada on all the things that we're going to do to make sure that this event is as safe as possible. And, uh, you know, we're going to spend a lot of money to do it. That is one thing, man. They are spending a bunch of money. That's Dana White, president of the UFC. He joined us at the uh, beginning of our show. He was fantastic, and we continue to send out uh, some clips from that interview. We'll do that, and we'll revisit the topic because it's a, it's a fun one in Jacksonville, really. I, I think this feels like a win for Jacksonville. I don't know if some other people have differing opinions, like, I can't believe they're doing this. And that's fine if you do. It's okay. Uh, I just kind of sense people I've talked to, hearing from Dana White, the eyeballs on Jacksonville, I feel like it's a win. And now they've got to pull it off. <laughs> That's part of it. Yeah. There's a little bit of risk maybe involved in that yeah. uh, for the city and, and kind of the perception. But uh, you're hopeful that uh, they'll be able to do it. And I think there's a lot of reward for Jacksonville, not only this next 10 days or so hosting three of the events, not only the visibility, yeah. but also the ability to get another event down the road, which Dana White told us will happen. And Coos, I mean, I think the coolest thing to come out of this interview is the fact that Dana White essentially called every single media member a weakling. So if I can get that soundbite sent to my cell phone, because that is my new alarm clock and that is my new ringtone as well, man. He absolutely went off on the media a little bit, but that's just who the guy is, man. Like he, you know, he doesn't hold any punches, no pun intended, uh, no pun intended. And uh, I thought it was a great interview. Uh, okay. Hey, before we get to Coach Greg Ruffin from Edward Waters College, we celebrate EWC here on a Tuesday of Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. I want to give away a $50 gift card. It's like I. I mean, I didn't buy it for you, actually. It's uh, thanks to Metro Diner. (laughs) And also uh, thanks to everyone here at Cox Media Group uh, for lining it up. So uh, here is the deal. It's Cinco de Mayo, so let's go caller number five. This is easy. Yesterday was four. Uh, today is 5, and it's 904-362-9901. gift card to Metro Diner, and uh, you can help celebrate Mom's Day on Sunday, by the way, by putting in an order uh, ready-to-heat brunch, lunch, and dinner meals like a meat lover's casserole, roasted turkey, or pot roast. And guests can pre-order through Friday, May 8th. That's this Friday. And pick them up Friday, Saturday, or Sunday just in time to celebrate Mother's Day. $50 gift card to Metro Diner, 904-362-9901. All right, Coos is juggling a lot of things right now, so hopefully in, uh, we can get... 
the head football coach of the Edward Waters Tigers on uh, right now, and that is Greg Ruffin. He's been hanging around for a few minutes. So, Coach, uh, happy Edward Waters College Day here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Thanks uh, for hanging around. I know we went to a commercial break, but I uh, hope you and your family are doing well. All is well. Uh, thank you guys for having us. Uh, no, no problem. You have some fun things going on, and and what a well. In essence, it's a new era, uh, but also it's a new era that that begins in kind of a strange way with the COVID nineteen. How are you handling things uh, as you enter your first year at EWC? And and obviously, this is an unprecedented way to do it. Well, you know, going into year three, uh, I think you know the biggest thing is, you know. Nobody has an advantage on any other, you know, every, every school across the country is having to go through this situation. So I think, you know, you know, we just got to continue to do what we do best, just continue to reach out to our guys. And, and, you know, as you see, there are a lot of video meetings and, you know, we're kind of doing the same thing. You know, we have Zoom sessions with our guys and we're able to keep, keep them abreast of everything that's going on with our school. And then our, our administration has done a fantastic job of reaching out and, and our website is fantastic in terms of, you know, kids having uh, all all the information that they need to be able to keep in contact and stay abreast of whatever new programs, whatever's going on on our campus. Yeah, Greg Ruffin with us, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. By the way, I apologize. I was looking at a number one and saying the third uh, at the same time. So Greg Ruffin in his third year as a head coach <laughs> at EWC. Sorry for the misspeak. Uh, but you guys are some fun stuff going on with the new stadium. Where is that at and, and how helpful is that? Well, it's actually right outside of of, of our, our doors, right here, where we have a field house here now. Uh, of course, the school uh, took over the James Wells and uh, Johnson Middle School. That's part of our campus now. And, uh, you know, they've always practiced there on that field. It sits right behind our gym. And so now we have, a, you know, a, the ability to go in, and, and we're playing at home. You know, I think it, in past years, this is the 20th anniversary of when they brought the program back in 2001. I know they played at Range, they played at Jackson, they played at Stanton, they played at, you know, when I first got here, University Christian, you know what I'm saying? So they played at at least four or five, you know, played at First Coast this past year. So, you know, having an identity now, this is what it gives us. It gives us a chance to say, you know, this is our home, this is where we're at, instead of being in a situation where every game you got to get on the bus. And sometimes, you know, I just say, you know, it doesn't feel like a home game when you got to get up, pack everything up, and, and go to somebody else's place. So, place. so it's going to be phenomenal for us. And it's, it's, I think, you know, for what it does for the program, it just shows that, that, that you know, we're vested. You know, we want the community to be vested in what we're trying to do over here. And I think, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, it kicks some doors down that we otherwise may have have not been able to get into in the past. Coach, you mentioned, you know, the identity. And I think right now with the landscape of sports, Football is probably the hardest sport in terms of trying to get the message across to your players, right? Because as a football coach, obviously you you have a goal, you have you've established the culture, but every single year there's new goals, every single year there's new messages. So exactly how hard has it been to try to purvey those messages and to try to get everybody on the same page when you can't do it in person? Well, you know, it's not. I think the hardest part about it is you're having to bridge the gap between the newcomers. And the returns. So we've done a good good thing. We you know where you know getting those guys introduced to each other from a from a uh, you know a visual acclimatization standpoint of putting them on Zoom or Microsoft Teams or things of that nature. And we're and we're disseminating information and such that not only are our returners getting it, but 
all of the guys are getting it. You know, the guys that haven't even set foot on our campus yet. So that when they come here, everybody has received the same type of information, and, and we're all on the same page. And I think that's the biggest thing if you ask any coach across the country, it's just being able to maintain some semblance of having guys on the same page. Greg Ruffin, the head football coach at Edward Waters College. We celebrate EWC today. The Tigers on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Had Joshua Jackson on a little bit earlier. That was a lot of fun. Coach Ruffin joined us uh, once again. I believe it was last summer. uh, Joined us uh, before the start of the football season, if I'm not mistaken, last year. And uh, we'll have AD... Dr. Bryant on a little bit later on as we celebrate EWC. You know, you said something that's interesting because if you think about football programs especially, there is a lot of difference between the haves and have-nots from facilities to other things. Well, it's kind of an even playing field right now, isn't it? Like all across the country. I mean, everybody can get Zoom. And so everybody's kind of doing a similar thing. Might be going about it a little bit different way, but it, it's pretty unusual in the football landscape. Whether you're Division One, Power Five, non-Power Five, uh, Division Two, Three, NAIA, all these different classifications. Again, dollars, funding, facilities, all different. So it, it almost feels like night and day at some of the programs. Not this time of year. Uh, you, you can be just as creative and gain just as much ground. It feels like uh, with this virtual periods. Right, and I and I and I, I think what's what's going to happen out of all of this is that the NCAA or the NAI they're going to say, you know what, this was pretty successful across the board, and it's going to be another way to skin the cat. You know what I mean? In terms of what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do, I think it's going to enhance them and have, especially uh, in particular with the NCAA having a dead period and. You can't do this, can't do that. I think they're going to implement some type of period where you can be able to do this solely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, Greg Ruffin with us, uh, EWC head football coach. Coach, what kind of kid do you get in here at, at EWC? I, I, I want to make sure that doesn't sound uh, flippant or anything like that, but you get what I'm saying. What, what are you looking for? Obviously, you're looking for a good football player, uh, but uh, looking for a good young man. How? What kind of player, when you're out recruiting, do you kind of uh, try to attract to EWC? Well, you know, in particular, you always want to get longer. You know what I mean? You, you know, you got if you look at a roster and on that and on that, on that height column, if you got more fives than you got sixes, you're in some trouble. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> we want to make sure that we, we we get the right combination of height in terms of. You know, certain positions, you know, you always want to get longer in the secondary, especially, you know, on the edges of your defense and things of that nature. But, you know, and then we're looking for a tough kid. I think, you know, with the way the game is played, that there's some sort of, you know, with the way that all the passing and the seven-on-sevens and all of that, that, that there's some level of toughness that has kind of vacated football, you know, over the years because, you know, it's, it's an East and West game to, to, to attain uh, uh, getting yardage to go north. So you start, you know, you start, you're starting to see a lot of teams going east and west to get north. And, and, and you know, you don't see as much smash-mouth football as you did in the 80s and the early 90s. So, you know, we, we like to play smash-mouth football. We don't want to be solely uh, predicated on being a team that's trying to finesse. Because when, you get in, when, you, when you're playing finesse football, it's my belief that when you get in some tough situations, you know, if you don't practice being tough, they're just not going to get tough on Saturday. You know, you got to put them in those different dynamics, you know, on a daily basis because, you know, you know, practice don't make perfect. You know, pr- perfect practices make perfect, you know. 
Brent, I'm not gonna lie. I have goosebumps right now, man. Just hearing Coach talk because you, you know where I come from, man. You stop the run, you run the football. Yeah, it's I, all about the trenches. Exactly. I figured you guys would. It's get all about along. the trenches, Coach. You know, obviously, right now, I mean, with the landscape and everything, with COVID nineteen, I mean, it, it's been tough on everybody. You know, it's been tough on everybody in sports. Um, would it be safe to say, though, maybe a silver lining that's going to come out of this, maybe for your, even your football program, is the fact that right now you have a bunch of players that are essentially training on their own. Right, they're 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 learning on their own. They're training on their own and. And the guys that are going to come into camp, you know, the guys that are going to come in ready to go, those guys are going to be like, those are, those are going to be like the pillars coming forward. They're going to be like your leaders. So, like, is it almost like this is kind of a, a litmus test to say, well, these are the guys that we're going to rally behind because these are the guys that kind of went off on their own, did things the right way, and now they're going to be leaders of our football team? Well, that's, that's your hope and your prayer, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you surely love to have them on campus. Yeah. Uh, you know, working out so you can really get a, you know, where, where you can be able to test the barometer in terms of what they're doing because, you know, you know, maybe they're doing some things, but, you know, at the biggest thing with working out is are they doing it correctly? You know, uh, are, are, are they going all the way down on the squad? Are they, you know, are they coming all the way to the chest with the bench? You know, do they got the proper technique in the power clean? You know, you know, it's, it's not so much as being able to work out. But are they being correct? And because and, you know, when you work out correctly, you you able to attain the things you need in terms of having the explosion and all those things that you're going to have to use, you know, on Saturdays on the football field. So we've hoped that we we put the right things into them in terms of you know what our strength coach uh, in terms of what what he's taught them and and that they can really go somewhere. And, and I mean, you know, they may not be able to do all of the things, but but you know, I'm I'm a former military guy, I, you know. If you can work on the core and the push-ups and sit-ups and box jumps and, and getting on that track, you know, at least if you can maintain yourself and stay in a reasonable amount of shape, you shouldn't be far off when you get back. Coach Greg Ruffin from EWC with us, head football coach of the Tigers as we celebrate Edward Waters College here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We talked to Joshua Jackson about all the momentum you guys have over there. You also have vision when you have momentum and you and you want to make it as good as possible. And you're a coach, so you obviously have a vision, uh, perfect vision of of your football program. Where do you see it? And uh, maybe it'll take another year or two or or three. I don't know what what the timetable is, but but what would be viewed as success? Uh, obviously, a lot of wins, but what else? Well, I think I think what we have to establish is a true home field advantage. Having your own stadium, get Growing our fan base, you know, I think it's very important that we're able to get people on our campus now on Saturdays. You know, I think it's all about your your future constituents. Uh, it's about the, the constituents that you have now in terms of who are we, what are we selling. Uh, you'll hear our president, Dr. A. Zachary Faison, say a lot of times he talks about emerging eminence. And I think this is a product of, of us being able to be out there at the forefront and, and, and hey, one thing that we're selling, a one city, one team. We're the only show in town right now. You know, we're the only college football program in town with a JU dropping football. We have to take that momentum and we have to run with it, you know, not only as, as, a, as a sports program but as a college, you know. We have a lot to offer over here, and I think, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be able to tell our story, and that's the biggest thing. we got to continue to tell our story. I think our administration – uh, has done a great job in doing that as we go into the third year with this administration. Uh, our AD has done a great job as he came in and, and, and given us certain uh, guidelines in which he wants to grow 
uh, this, 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 these programs as we move toward Division Two status and, you know, with NC2A. So I think, the, I think the sky is the limit for us. Greg Ruffin, the head football coach at EWC, with us. Uh, you just said something that's very interesting, and I, I, I didn't think about it like that. Uh, the JU football program uh, it no longer exists. How much of a boost will you get uh, from that? And the only show in town on the collegiate level, that's reality now. Uh, do you expect to see a bump in, in, in talent, uh, in interest? Well, let me say this. I think that they went out to a certain kid over there, but we've got we've we've got a couple of kids that's coming over there. A kid played uh running back over there was pretty good. Uh, 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 AJ Mueller, he's coming over here with during the football player. But I think what it what what it does is, you know, when you look so now when you look from a media perspective, you know, you start talking about college football. You know, I mean, you got to say, I mean, hey, Edward Waters is it, and I think with us. You know, building the new facilities and things of that nature, we're getting some kids to start and say, you know what, it will, why not it will water? You know, in terms of some kids that maybe would have said in the past, you know, I want to get out of town. And I, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you honestly, with this coronavirus thing, we've had parents call us and say, you know what, he was going to school in Kansas or he was going in the Midwest or up north, but I'm kind of scared to send my kids <laughs> out of state right now. And and we have to do the right, the proper job of selling who we are and letting them know, hey, four plus four at Harvard is how much? It's eight, isn't it? <laughs> and four plus four at North Florida is eight, right? Yeah. Last time I checked. <laughs> and, and Florida State four plus four is what? Eight. <laughs> so so when they come on King's Road, they need to know four plus four is eight over here. So I don't think, you know, a lot of times much is, much is to say about the institution. But Crisco Colombo sailed Ocean Blue in 1492. <laughs> it's going to be the same way at Dartmouth. It's going to be the same way at Edward Waters. It's going to be the same thing at FSCJ. So, I mean, we, we have to do a good job of selling who we are, and it's what our message is. Because the education is attainable here, and it's the same, and we got a great quality education over here and some great instructors that can give them the same thing if they went in somewhere else. I love it. you got to be fired That's up. Awesome. That's awesome message, great message. And, by the way, I'm glad I didn't answer that. The reason I stayed away from that is because I already <laughs> said third is is like the first. <laughs> Don't worry, Brent. I, I get back there, man. I, I got you. I got you. By the way, I can't get over that. I'm in my own head right now after starting the interview that way. Yeah. Because what I had done is I pulled a, a bio up of, of Coach Ruffin, sure. but it was from years ago. Now, we had just had Ruff, Coach Ruffin on, uh, so that's why I, I let him speak. But I also want to say this, Coach Ruffin. What kind of punishment would I get for that? Like, how many sprints? Like, what? what you're, you're a former military guy. Oh, yeah. It, like, what's your go-to punishment? I like that. Uh, at at hey, a football hey, practice. Hey, we're going to put you on that stairwell and put that 45-pound plate in your hands and make you press it over your head. And you got to go up them two or three flights of stairs, and, and you got about 35 tours. And all the way up and all the way down is one tour. So we're going to make you think about it a little bit. How's that? How's that core feeling, Brett? You feeling ready to roll? Wait, did you how's say, that core feeling? Did you say thirty-five? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Welcome to football, it's, man. It's hot today. Welcome to football, man. <laughs> Third-year hey, head hey. coach. Third-year head hey, coach, Greg Ruffin. 
There's no air in the there's no air in the stairwell either. So I'm just letting you know that. <laughs> Listen, you got to prove Dana White wrong now. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, it's really attack on us media guys these days. Yeah. But uh, hey, Coach Greg Ruffin, we appreciate uh, you joining us for a few minutes here on EWC Day on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I hope you and your family are good. I hope you get back to football soon, man. I know there's a lot of excitement over there on campus and uh, go win a lot of football games this fall. Well, look here. We, we thanks for having us, and y'all got to do me one favor. What do you got? Y'all got y'all got to get over here and see a football game. You know what I mean? We we talked about it three years in a row. I want to see you guys over here and support us. Okay? Absolutely, we'll do yeah. it. How about, definitely, we don't do our show on Saturdays, but we'll bring out our show on a Friday in the fall anyway, and then come back and watch the game on Saturday. Sounds good. Well, Thank coach, you. I'm just going to tell you, man, the, the way you're running the show, the way you're, you're, you're scheming everything of, you know, fighting in the trenches, I might come coach for you one day, man. <laughs> <laughs> I might come coach for you, man, because I'm inspired now. Uh, yeah, Thanks, yeah, man. Appreciate you. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. That's Greg Ruffin, EWC coach. Uh, that, I don't, that didn't sound good, the stairs and 45-pound weight. Yeah. 35 reps of that? Yeah. Have fun with that, man. I mean, I've been walking a lot. How, how's that core swing feeling, man? Not the good enough. Yeah. Dude, I'll, I'll never forget. Dude, I, I hold my phone out to record something for a minute yeah. for TV, and my arm hurts. Yeah. So I can only imagine having a 45-pound weight over Man, me. I'm trying to picture that or doing bear crawls for, like, you know, 20 reps of 100 yards, man. It's, oh, core, though. Core is the big thing. Core is the big thing. Yeah. Uh, That's thanks, rough, Coach though. Ruffin, for coming. Yeah, that is rough from Coach Ruffin. Yeah. Uh, when we come back, we get back to some uh, Jaguars football, have some thoughts on that side. Uh, a little bit of a revisit when we had Dana White on, what it means for Jacksonville, if you missed that part of the uh, show today. And coming up at 530, we'll have the athletic director, Dr. Bryant, on from Edward Waters College. Thanks for hanging out with us here on a Tuesday on ESPN 690. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Austin Lane from Action Sports Jackson, ESPN 690. Social distancing doesn't mean disconnecting. If you're working from home, keep tabs on the world of sports and Action Sports Jacks on your smart speaker. Tell your Amazon Echo or Google Home, play ESPN 690.